This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. And I'm Melissa Moretti. And Melissa, today we have our Frank O'Brien, editor from The Western Investor, back on for his what feels to be and is now his annual appearance on the show, where he talks all about the top five investment office or investment areas to keep an eye on in 2024. And this is Frank's third year doing this with us. We really appreciate that. Yeah, you heard La- it here first. Y- exactly. So you want to get your pens out for this one. Last year for number one, they had Calgary, Alberta. So give or take October, November of last year, he was on the show. He talked all about it. Fast forward 12, 13 months later, bang on. Yep. Bang on. Calgary has definitely performed. It's been a great investment market for all those who got involved with it over the past couple of years. So last year, Frank had Calgary, Alberta as their top pick. So I'm really curious to find out what we're going this year. If we're in BC for number one, we're in Alberta. Maybe we're going to Saskatchewan for number one because there's some markets over there that have been making a lot of steam. So you have to stay tuned for that. Um, but speaking of people uh, traveling and getting getting out there, you're going to Vegas, you told me. I am. You're going, going to Vegas. For a wedding. You're going for a wedding yep. in Vegas. Yep. And you're staying at the Excalibur. <laughs> The castle. Yeah. You're staying at the castle. <laughs> That's right. And when are you, when are you going? Uh, in a couple weeks. In yeah. a couple weeks. We're going for a wedding going to Vegas. Staying at Excalibur. You know, I'm not a huge party person, but no. I can do like one good night a year. So when you say one good night a year, what time are you going to bed in Vegas? Like what time well, is Melissa going up there? Maybe I'm not. I'm, oh, not? No. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. To be determined. So it could be a 24-hour bender. Mm, likely not. No, okay. My, I'm yeah. not quite, I don't have that much stamina anymore. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, when good. I, when the, the, the times that I go out now, I have a wicked half hour bender and then that's about it. Yeah. Like, I'm like right to bed. Yeah. <laughs> getting old, getting old. So, the, on, so on the show today, we have Frank O'Brien. Melissa, one other thing we wanted to touch on, maybe we'll get into this more in the, uh, more after, after the interview with Frank there, is yeah. the new short-term rental laws yes. that the province has just brought out. Yep. And how that might impact some of these markets. Like yeah. I know if you look in like Kelowna, yeah. a lot of the zonings up there and a lot of the developments going on in some of these zonings, they've been promoting the Airbnb aspect of yeah. it. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens on that. But let's we'll talk about that more after the show. So without further ado, our interview with Frank O'Brien, editor, Western Investor, Top Markets for 2024. All right, let's go. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial, John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca.
All right, so we're here today with Frank O'Brien, editor of the Western Investor. Frank, how are you doing? I'm just doing great. It's a little, uh, it's a little rainy today, but uh, I'm in good mood and uh, looking forward to the interview. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you so much, Frank. This is our third year now in a row we've had you on about this time. And the Western Investor, in the November issue, I believe, uh, releases the top five markets to watch or invest in for 2024. So we appreciate you coming on and joining us and sort of letting all of our listeners know before that comes out. But before we get into that, Frank, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and maybe how you ended up as the editor at the Western Investor? Uh, well, I've been involved in business writing for a number of years. I, I've written uh, to McLean's, uh, the Globe and Mail. And I was a, a contributor to a National Post for a number of years. And then I joined uh, Glacier Media uh, about 20 years ago. I edited uh, their magazine section. And then uh, I took over as editor of the Western Investor. Uh, yeah, it must be, must be 19 years ago now. Uh, it's been going for 38 years. We're going into our 39th in 2024, and um, we cover the uh, real estate and business scene right across Western Canada. It's uh, probably the largest uh, commercial real estate publication in the country, and um, despite uh, what's been happening in most of the media, we're still going very strong. We have a, you know, a very strong readership and uh, some pretty some pretty happy advertising, and I'm, and I'm proud of the job we're doing at the. Western investor. Well, Frank, we appreciate coming on. For all of our listeners that don't know what the Western investor is, in the commercial real estate, as you alluded to, it is it is massive. It has it tracks everything. If you're in commercial real estate in Western Canada, it's almost like your Bible, where they're always ahead of it. You're always reading it. Always great publication. Always great news coming out. So, Frank, as we said there, the Western investor releases their top five markets every year to watch mm-hmm. for in 2024. And we appreciate you once again joining us here. Uh, without further ado, can we dig into that list with you there? And maybe we'll start at number five and work our way down to number one. And maybe you can let us know why you've picked what you've picked. Okay. I'd like to preface it. Uh, sure. yeah, go right this ahead. year, looking into 2024, last year, even the last couple of years, it was more flash than anything. Like there was so much going on. There were so many hot markets. There were so many unique markets, you know, just starting to develop. It was kind of fun to pick them because there was so much cash flying around. There were so many people interested. The interest rates were so low. Things were really exciting, which is why places like Penticton, Calgary, and even Banfield on the West Coast, which is just emerging, became, you know, like places people were really interested in. This year and going into 2024, it's a totally different scene, especially in British Columbia. The uh, province itself is predicting we'll have a 0.08 GDP growth next year, which is virtually a non-existent uh, economic growth. Uh, The Royal Bank of Canada is saying it could be as low as 0.05 next year. There's cracks appearing right now in the uh, uh, hard-charging industrial market, which has led the country since 2019 in BC. We've had big port strikes this year, massive forest fires. It does not look good for 2024 generally. So we've looked at pragmatic markets that have been proven. They're not flashy, but they've been steady, and we think they'll do exceptionally well in 2024 because of the foundational strengths that they have. So setting that up, here's our picks, okay? All right, let's go through them. Number five. Number five is Lethbridge, Alberta. Lethbridge, Alberta. Yeah. Now, Lethbridge does not have the deep oil and gas industry that is now being seen right across uh, 
Alberta, that has proven a strength in the last few years because mega agri-players like McCann Foods, Cavendish Farms, and PIP International Inc. are all building multi-billion dollar processing plants in Lethbridge because it has the land. They have over 3,000 acres of industrial land set ready to rock on, and, and they're working on it right now. Like they're working right now. Every one of those ones is going to get huge plants. McCann's got a $1.6 billion expansion going on. I mean, it's huge, and these are high-paying jobs. The average income in uh, Lethbridge is $111,000 per year, so it's, you know, it's not. But you can buy a house in Lethbridge for $340,000, and a one-bedroom apartment rents for an average of $1,200. So the combination of high job growth, low housing costs, and a projected rapid population growth, because these these big plants, and this is, you know, back to our thing on where the the growth is. We're back to pragmatic. These are big food producers, big food producers. And this is, you know, if we need, you know, like a basic necessity, if we're going to need left bridges where they're doing it, okay? They've, they've also got an extraordinarily strong retail sector. Avis and Young says that they've hit every record in, you know, for the last, uh, uh, 13 quarters and they, and there's no sign of slowing down. It's a very strong retail market. So retail, some housing and industrial is the big play in Lethbridge, Alberta. But I think retail is going to be the real key. Uh, with Lethbridge there for our listeners, how close is Lethbridge to Edmonton or to Calgary? What's, what's the closest major city? Uh, that's, that's a that's a good point. Lethbridge is kind of the south central of Alberta, so it'd be. I'd have to check. Just give me a second. Pull it up. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So, well, it's funny because Lethbridge, because we read and we follow a lot of things in Alberta, obviously, because Alberta as a whole seems like it's got a lot of momentum lately, especially coming off of last year and, and all that stuff. And Lethbridge, when you know, to your point there, Frank, reading retail reports out of Lethbridge seems like it's it's literally like on fire. How busy the Lethbridge retail market is now. I caveat that that Lethbridge isn't ter- as big, but the retail market over there seems like it's going really gangbusters. Okay, Frank, how far is uh, Lethbridge from Edmonton? Yeah, uh, four hundred nine kilometers. Four hundred nine kilometers. Yeah, so it's uh, you know it's kind of central Alberta, but it's and a lot of people overlook it, but it's been steady for years. You know, and the rest of the province had the boom and bust period. Yeah, it came through it. In, with flying colors and and now it's really set to become a major food processing center for all of canada so wow. uh, i'm i'm very bullish on lethbridge it's solid and this is what you're looking for in 2024 i have a flashy thing you know i don't think your your million dollar resort your condo resort in Kelowna maybe it's going to you know show as much promise as buying a three hundred forty thousand dollar home at Lethbridge. gotcha okay mm-hmm. number five we have lethbridge let's well number four on our list this year is Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. All right, Frank, yeah. tell us all about Saskatoon. Okay, Saskatoon makes our go-to list for 2024 for steady demand, affordable prices, and potential returns in retail, multifamily, and industrial real estate. Saskatchewan itself will post the highest GTP growth in Canada in 2024, uh, uh, among the highest. It's uh, rated at 2%, whereas BC is going to be like 0.8%. And it was it is leading the provinces during what's going to be a muted year in 2024. But it's got the strength in the province of back. And again, we're looking at, you know, foundational strength is agricultural and mining. And right on cue, the $7.5 billion 
BHP Janssen mine, the biggest potash mine on the planet, has started north of Saskatoon with a promise of 2,500 jobs. They've already hired 600 people. And these are, again, big paying jobs. I was okay. waiting for you to bring that um, up there. I was waiting for you because there's yeah. lots surrounding that in Saskatoon and obviously it's done, done very, very yeah. well around it. So I was waiting for the, to bring that point. But continue. Continue with Saskatoon. Yeah. And Saskatoon, the industrial sector, which has the third lowest vacancy rate, 1.6% in Canada, like Vancouver, like like we're one two, one four, you know, but the rising demand is, is going to hit. They expect the price of the of uh, industrial real estate to hit an all-time high at $50 per square foot in 2024, okay? So this is, you know, it's on a trajectory there. So, With Frank, just, 000, just don't mean to cut you off there. Mm-hmm. $50 a foot? Fifteen one five. Fifteen one five. Okay, there you go. Sorry, I was thinking in my head. I was like, wow, I missed that boat. If that's $50 <laughs> a foot over there. One five. Okay, sorry, Frank, continue, continue. <laughs> that's up from $9 just two years ago. Tremendous percentage increase. And that's one thing I think a lot of people forget. Like when you look at the industrial markets, maybe going from like nine dollars to twelve doesn't maybe look like a lot to the eye, but that's a twenty-five percent growth. Like that—that's a yeah, huge percentage from nine to fifteen. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Saskatoon's very, very well set. It also has high household incomes. I don't have it off the top of my head, but I know it's good. Uh, the average home price is three hundred seventy-eight thousand dollars among Canada's laws, and a one-bedroom apartment rents for a thousand seventy-five a month. I mean, wow. this is a place for somebody in BC. They're whining. They don't have any jobs. You know, there's not any any growth. The, the houses are too expensive. They moved to Saskatchewan, which is a very, it's a very active cultural scene. It's a beautiful city with a river flowing right through. It's got seven bridges. I mean, it's it's a very nice city, and uh, it's also got the University of Saskatchewan. And it's one of Canada's most prominent biotechnology research centers. The province has sunk millions of dollars into this over the last few years, and now it's paying off. It's a very sophisticated city. People overlook Saskatoon, but you know, for a good solid, stake your family there, go buy a house, a nice house for four hundred thousand dollars, really nice, good, high-paying jobs, and um, you know, I think if you can survive the winters. Saskatoon would be a great place to be raising a family this year, especially if you're coming from BC and our prices. Well, I know okay. we, we've been we follow Saskatoon, and obviously there's a lot of commercial brokerages in the Saskatoon market, and uh, we mm-hmm. have we know clients out in the BC market that have invested in Saskatoon over the years, and they've continuously come back year after year for the past probably three years now continuing mm-hmm. to make investments into that market because they're seeing growth in the right directions and they're obviously very bullish yeah. on it like you. So Saskatoon, Saskatchewan's number four. And it's and it's and like I say, it's it's an attractive city. It's not like, you know, some prairie cities not to mention, you know, aren't aren't that great to live in. Like uh but Saskatoon is it's it's good. It's got a young population. It's kind of it's kinda of cool to live there, right? Now in the wintertime it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Okay, now moving to number three. Number three. Our spot, South Delta. Now, South Delta, I know it's, it's not a town. It's not like top town, but you got two cities, Atlanta and Colossus, course, you know. But South Delta, BC, it's amazing what's like. And now this is, a, is something else to get your head around the fact that South Delta is going to be transformed over the next few years. And right now, 2024, it's the time to get in there, Okay. The reasons are the development and, and, and investment. They're all starting next year. This yep. September, the $3.5 billion Roberts Bank terminal expansion was given the green light in BC. 
Now, they've been talking about this for years. It's go now. Okay, it's go. The NASA project doubles the footprint of the current Delta Port Terminal and will increase the overall container capacity on the West Coast by 30%. Like, wow. This is absolutely huge. They're building an island, a man-made island, just to fit this terminal. It's absolutely huge. Wow. Meanwhile, work also begins on the new George Massey Tunnel. $4.5 billion eight-lane toll-free tube tunnel out of the Fraser River linking South Delta to Richmond and the rest of the lower mainland. You know, so forget about that bottleneck we've got right now with, with the old Massey Tunnel that was built like, you know, 70s or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, now the prices are high. The prices are right, are right now they're fairly high in both Tawasson and Ladner, but they're nothing compared to what's going to happen when the tunnel really gets rocking and this and the terminal gets going. Okay, Sean Hodgins, president of Century Group, he developed the Southlands project in Tawasson after I think 15 years ago. It approved. It is amazing development right now. It reaches right out to the Boundary Bay there to the waterfront. It's got you know it's got uh, hundreds of homes built already. And and when I asked Sean, who's also redeveloping the Tawasson Town Center Mall into a high-rise complex of residential and retail, some like, you know, maybe you think of Oak Ridge on a smaller scale, I asked him, why South Delta? Why are you so excited about South Delta? He says two things. And these are top of mind right now for a lot of people. They have good schools. And they have great public safety. They've had the Delta Police Force, like think about the turmoil in Syria. They've had the Delta Police Force now for 100 years. It's a very, very safe community. The prices, well, fairly high. They're, they're less expensive than, say, Vancouver or Burnaby. And uh, it's got an excellent school system. It's got great job prospects. And with the new transit uh, links with the with the tunnel, it's, it's going to be a a major growth market and it all starts in 2024. Wow. So South Delta, well, it's funny you talk about the bridges and, or the, the new tunnel coming in because obviously that's been something that... Um, tunnel doesn't open until 2030, but when it does open, everybody's, oh yeah, let's go buy in Delta. It may be a little bit too late by then. You get in right now, this is the time to be getting in, especially if you're a developer. I'd be looking very closely at some of the stuff. Like Ladner, it's got this whole downtown beautification plan they've been talking on for years. They've got all this waterfront down there they've done nothing with, it, nothing yeah. at all. It's just it's ridiculous. But this year, there's like, well, they've started now, but you're going to see this real improvement in in Ladner, taking advantage of the fact that that, that they are on the water and it's close to the city and the new tunnel is opening all these people are working at the Roberts Bank, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this is going to be a transformational real estate opportunity in South Delta over the next few years and our all-stars, like I say, next year. So, if, you know, you want to hedge your bets on a good place in the lower mainland to be investing. Uh, I would point you to South Delta. Now, do you do you feel that, you know, the, the port traffic coming in you mean obviously will shift with the massive expansion that a lot of that port traffic is going to end up over in the the Delta ports versus the Vancouver ports, the Metro Vancouver port? Well, I think it actually will reach out uh, the the impact of that, like like the blast radius from that will reach into North Delta because North Delta is the most affordable place to buy real estate in all of the Lower Mainland, really, if you look at it. You know, so and so I think that Delta's got all all of the land it needs. And all the infrastructure it needs to be a to become a you know a very very uh, uh, you know highly populated uh, urban center in the lower mainland. 
Wow. I agree with the South Delta thing there because I know it's been one thing people have been talking about. And when we look at the industrial spaces and where a lot of like the big companies like Amazon and stuff like that have been continued to expand and, and grow their industrial you know portfolio mm-hmm. for leases and stuff like that, South Delta and the Delta ports, Amazon's continued yeah, and to they also have that, And they also have that huge Tawasa Mall, which I think will finally start paying off. <laughs> Everything that's happening out there. You know, when they built that... Uh, when they built that mall, uh, you know, Cambridge built it, and they were thinking uh, the tunnel was supposed to be approved as a new uh, bridge at yeah, that time. Yeah, that time, and, and, you know, they, so now, now they sold that mall, got bought by a very fascinating single woman from uh, yes. China who's yeah. been buying everything out there, and she bought the Tawasa Mall there a couple of years ago. So uh, uh, I think she's going to get the payoff that uh, kind of eluded uh, Cambridge when they built it. So here we go. Mm-hmm. I think one thing too is, and this just just my thoughts on. I think they kind of missed the boat with the whole outlet mall idea because I think it's you know it's t- t- too close to Vancouver for to get the brands they probably wanted to get out there. So they probably struggled with that, and then obviously the bridge not coming in, which when the Liberals at that time were having the bridge yeah. come in. So uh, I agree with you. I think the time is now if you're going to be in that market. So Frank, we got South Delta at number three, our first mm-hmm. BC location. What's number two? Number two is the. Terrace, B.C. Terrace, B.C. See, it's 30 minutes from Kitimat, but it's really the only livable community in the northwest of B.C. Okay. Next year, the, they'll be putting the final touches on the $44 billion liquefied natural gas terminal at Kitimat. It's the biggest resource project in Canadian history. Wow. Okay? But Kitimat, I don't know if you've ever been in Kitimat, but, uh, you know... You don't you don't really want to live in Kitimat. You know what I mean? You're living in an industrial zone. But Terrace is different. Now it doesn't have a great infrastructure, but this is where the developers are going to come in. Terrace has got it's the shopping center, the like the retail center, the service center, and the housing for the Northwest. Okay. The the population is expected to double over the next five years. There's billions of dollars in development coming in, including a new surgical hospital schools, and industrial projects, which are all tied, all the industrial projects are tied to the servicing of the uh, the LNG terminal, which will be up and running. It uh, involves, of course, the coast gas link pipelines coming in from Monte uh, gas fields. And this year, people in BC have this myopic vision of natural gas and oil being, you know, terrible things. You know, it's, it's crazy. But Regardless of what the, the government and some people think, natural gas is going to be a huge, huge international play in 2024 because of you know the Ukraine war, what's happening in the Middle East, the the search by other countries to get off of coal and use natural gas. Except for of course BC, which is trying to ban the, the the use of natural gas at all. It's like you know, forget that lunacy. The world is looking for natural gas, and BC is where a lot of it's going to be coming from. This is going to be, you know, a major, major uh, resource development for Canada, despite what our government tries to do to stop it. Okay, so Terrace is where the money's going to be spent. It's the only livable community within commuting distance to Kitimat. This is, you know, this is what you have to remember. Now, this is what you can do in Kitimat right now. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of development up in Kitimat, but they're putting in a new. This is an example of what's happening up there. Developers are coming in. Uh, Swiss Real, which is you know a fairly well-known developer, they've done a lot of stuff in Lower Mainland. They're building a 21-unit detached house subdivision. Okay, aimed strictly at investors. 
a new four bedroom home. You know, there's a brand new four bedroom home. They're selling to you for $675,000, build it, and they have guaranteed corporate rent for two years of $6,000 per month with renewal options. Wow. Half the development's already sold. Okay? Wow. Now, all across the north, the house prices went down in every community across the north last year, except in Terrace. It bucked the trend, okay? The average house price there is now $500,716, just behind Prince George, the biggest city in the north. And this is Terrace. Terrace has got about 21,000 people, okay? It's not, you know, but this is what people recognize, that this is where all the talk about spending and growth and everything about the LNG. It's not in Kitimat. Kitimat is very restrictive of what's available. Terrace is where... They've got the land. They've got over 2,000 acres of industrial primary ready to rock. And they've got um, these great new housing projects coming in. They, they've also built some condominiums up there, but single-family detached house and corporate rents is where the action is. So if you want to make, make a, a good sold investment, Terrace would be a really good play for next year. So Terrace okay. is number two. So Terrace is our second BC city. So we got one in Alberta with Lethbridge. We got one in mm-hmm. Sa- Saskatchewan with Saskatoon. We followed right. that up with South Delta and Terrace in BC. Frank, if I remember correctly, last year for number one, we had Calgary, Alberta as your right. number one mm-hmm. choice. Where are we going for 2024? Well, we're going into, we're going north and we're going into Edmonton, Alberta. Edmonton, Alberta, future home Edmonton. of the 2024 Stanley Cup champions. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they can manage to beat the, yeah, the well, mighty Canucks. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Is we, we, we might be the roadblock in their Stanley Cup run, which might be a little funny if that ever happens. So, But tell us all about yeah. so Edmonton, Alberta, number okay. one. And that's the second time, second year in a row, you've had a major city in Alberta as your top pick. So tell us all about yeah, Edmonton and, and why. And, and Calgary, if you look at, you know, we picked Calgary last year and it is, it has gone, it has gone berserk in uh, Calgary over the last year. Uh, you know, it really, everything, everything's gone up in Calgary over the last year. Now, the thing is Calgary may have, may have overshot, you know, like this year, I, you know, I wouldn't rush into, into Calgary right now because it's all, it's starting to get overpriced, which is incredible. Right? You know, it was so low for so long. Uh, but this year, the switch is on to Edmonton because Edmonton, it's been slowly sleeping away here. Yeah. It's the real pivot for the oil and gas industry, which is, is taken off. And if you look just at, at the mergers and deals that have been done, multi billion dollar deals just in the last quarter. In Alberta, it's uh, it's amazing, and Edmonton is really where the action is. It's the most affordable city in the country, according to the Canadian Real Estate Association, because of the high incomes and the low house prices. It's three hundred seventy-four thousand dollars for a house in uh, in like the like the composite home price in wow. uh, Calgary is three hundred seventy-four thousand one hundred dollars. This is a big city, okay? That's three point less than a, a year ago. Right, it's less than it was a year ago, and fifty-seven percent below the national average. You know, I mean, wow. this is crazy. You know, and it's got it's got huge uh, it's got huge employment there for pragmatic commercial investors. Edmonton means opportunity, especially for multifamily investors. The average apartment building sells for one hundred thirty-four thousand dollars per door in Edmonton. In BC, it's closer to five hundred thousand. In like on the west side, yeah. across the city, it's like two eighty, two ninety. 
yeah, uh, per yeah. door. You know, in Edmonton, it's, it's 174,000. It's got record levels of immigration. Alberta is attracting more people this year than BC or any other Canadian province. People are going there, not only uh, internationally, but from across Canada, because this is where the jobs are. The boom is back in Alberta, and, and Edmonton is where you're really going to see the big growth in, in uh, jobs and real estate in next year as compared to, I think, out, outwork uh, Calgary, okay? Now, Frank, do you know offhand what the vacancy rate is, like for the multifamily type of things? That's one thing I yeah, know over 5%. the years. Yeah, 5%. 5%, there you go. So that's much better than I it's thought. 5%. It's 5%. It's very healthy. You know, there's still lots of room there to uh, go either way, but compared to BC, it's like, like where it's one one point like 1% or something. You know, so there's a good choice there. Like, 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 and again, all these, all these young millennials like that and Gen Xers at BC are saying, I'll never be able to afford to buy a home. Well, I mean, Evans is a great place to work. The weather's not as good as it is in BC, but come on. It's, you know, there's good jobs there. It's a, it's a very vibrant city. It's got a great, uh, sports center and entertainment center downtown. Yeah. And, you know, it's not a, it's not a boring town. They've got a fantastic library system, for example, one of the best in North America. And the industrial market, like if you're if you're into a heavier investor, they've seen positive absorption for twelve straight quarters with wow. no sign of a slowdown. Now in BC, we've got a pretty good industrial market, but this quarter, quarter over quarter, asset sales in Vancouver were down forty two percent. Okay. You know, the cracks are appearing in Vancouver's market because it got overpriced. Yeah. And and when you talk about people leaving, like the editorial I've got in the in the Western Investor for November saying BC, those tail lights are all heading, those trucker tail lights are heading east. They're going into Edmonton, they're going into Calgary because everything is so much less expensive there. Okay. Yeah. There's two million square feet of industrial under under construction, a vacancy rate of four point three percent. The average lease rates are the second lowest in Canada at ten fifty seven per square foot, cheaper than Saskatoon. Okay. Industrial investors from Vancouver, Calgary, and Toronto will be turning to affordable, accessible Edmonton in twenty twenty four. And a lot of people, home buyers, I would I would advise them to follow suit. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because over we've we've had guests on the show and we've had commercial brokers join us both from Edmonton and Calgary, and we had them on two kind of two years ago. We had a follow up show this past year with the ladies and and both the lady we had on from Edmonton and then the ladies we had on from Calgary all kind of echoed the same thing of like the industrial lease rates and various asset classes and all that stuff. So you mean all the stuff they've been talking about over the past two years, you're just echoing. And, and I know when, when we had the girls on from Calgary there, one of Melissa's favorite places was Balzac area there where they had all that massive industrial going on and like Amazon and all this stuff. Like it's amazing to hear what's going on in Alberta. And this year it sounds like Edmonton's right at the forefront. Yeah, yeah, and it's because it's because uh, oil is going to be like well now it's I I think it's bouncing around ninety dollars a barrel. It's going to be over a hundred dollars a barrel, I'm sure, and it's going to stick there for a long time. Well, well, BC is going to be thinking, well, how can we get another solar panel on the roof? You know, they're they're putting in massive uh, industrial plants in uh, in Alberta. You know, to take advantage of of the global price of uh, energy, which is. This is where the action is next year. This is where you've got to think about it. Edmonton is where it's going to be happening. 
So just to recap our list here, Frank, before we jump into our six-pack of questions here with you. So we have Lethbridge, Alberta at number five, Saskatoon, mm-hmm. Saskatchewan at number four, South Delta, BC, uh, which can be driven by the new Massey Tunnel coming in and the expansion of the ports. We have Terrace, BC, and then number one, home of the Stanley Cup champions, probably in 2024 if they can get past the Vancouver Canucks, Edmonton, Alberta. That's right. So, Frank, I'm going to ask you the obvious question here. If, if you had money and it was on an unli- and money wasn't an issue, which one of those five markets is Frank putting his money and what asset class? Well, to tell you the truth, I'm picking Terrace. 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 Yeah. You've got to get a good property manager out there because, yeah. you know, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a northern city, but, which all that means. But did you have good management in the ones I've looked at up there? It's inexpensive to get into, and the guaranteed rents are the corporate rents are are, are great. Deep pocket tenants and very little trouble. So well, it's funny you said that too, because there's a couple major national tenants that we've done work for over the years, and this year when they're scouting new locations for for places they want to open, these people on their list have Terrace BC, and these are like. 80, 90 plus store type multi-unit tenants that uh, right. on their list. So there you go. So Frank, before we let you go, we have our six mm-hmm. pack of lighthearted questions. We ask all of our guests. Do you mind sticking around for just a few more minutes? Yeah, sure. Yeah. The six pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team. These are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. All right, Frank, first question up. Favorite restaurant or bar? Um, I like, um, I think it's called Charles down in Gastown. Charles Bar. Is it Charles Bar? Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. Charles Bar. Charles Bar in Gastown. In Gastown. Yeah. Charles Bar in Gastown. <laughs> All right, Frank, you found yourself on death row. What's your last meal? Um, steak and fries. Steak. Any particular mm-hmm. restaurant you're getting steak and fries from? Uh, the keg, of course. Oh, the keg. Yeah, it's, we always talk. It's, it's just the default. It's the default there, and it's like, <laughs> right. it's, it's great. You know what it's you great. There, the keg is always good. The mud pie is amazing. Or is it, no, no, Billy Minor Pie. Billy Minor Pie. What's that? Billy Minor Pie at the keg, the dessert there, the cake you get. A friend of mine was in a grocery store and took a photo that you can actually get like Billy Minor like, ice cream now in a store, and it changed my life and probably going to change my midsection here pretty quick. All right, Frank, next question up. Favorite band or musician? Nick Jagger, my hero, and the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. Any any favorite particular song from the Stones? Start Me Up. Start Me Up. There you go. All right. You're drunk at a bar and you're handed a karaoke mic. What song are you singing? <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay, I'm doing a, I'm doing a Kinky Friedman song. Okay. Okay. Any particular yeah. one? Uh, yeah. The um, So I was going to go Asshole from El Paso. But I, but I think the, my favorite would be. Um, I'm just trying to think of the, how, how it starts. Uh, anyway, it'd be Kinky Freeman song. He's got a, he's got about eight of them that I'd, I'd sing one of those because nobody's ever heard of them before. Okay, okay. Uh, a book recommendation for our listeners. Any book by Philip Kerr. He died last April, 
but he's uh, he's a fantastic writer. It's based in Berlin and the uh, before, during, and after the Second World War. Okay, good, good choice. All right, last question. Something you've purchased for under $1,500 that's had a positive impact on your life. Uh, well, I had the same answer last year on this, and I still go with my e-bike. Oh, e-bike. Mm-hmm. Two years in a row, just like Alberta. Yeah. Two years in yeah, a row, the, just, e-bike, the e-bike's going strong. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, no, no, they're, they're great, yeah. Well, Frank, we e-bike. can't thank you enough. I appreciate you coming on the show. This is our third year in a row now you've done this with us, so we, we're greatly appreciated. How can our listeners find out more about yourself, what you're working on, and uh, all about the Western Investor? Well, just go to westerninvestor.com. Uh, all my stuff's up there. Peter Mitham now is writing with a force as well, which is a great great real estate writer. And um, yeah, if you go there, check it out. I also uh, write a lot for business in Vancouver, so you may see my stuff in there as well. And um, I'm working on a book, so I keep that in mind. Maybe next oh. year I can tell you about that. Yeah, that, that'd be great. That'd be great. Well, Frank, thank you once again for taking the time to join us. We appreciate you coming on the show annually to disclose the Western Investors top five <laughs> markets for 2024. Thanks, Frank. Okay, thank you. Thanks a lot, Frank. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. There you have it, folks. Our interview with Frank O'Brien, editor of Western Investor. Number one this year, Edmonton, Alberta. Definitely thought it would be up there. Didn't know if it was number one or not, but Frank, I think, added a whole bunch of facts behind it, justified their thoughts. Can't argue with it. Yeah. Can't argue with it. And I know other markets he talked about on there, you know, South Delta, there's been a massive industrial boom going on there. The ports are expanding. Terrace BC on the show, we commented how we have some national type tenants that are looking in the area. Saskatoon, which has been a market where I know a lot of commercial brokerages operate within, and they've been uh, doing very, very well. And it seems like a lot of investors that we've talked to out here in BC that have invested in Saskatoon and have done very, very well. And number five on the list, maybe a little surprising, surprising. Lethbridge, Alberta. Yeah. Home of the Lethbridge Hurricanes, Western Hockey League. Yeah. It feels like a very practical 2024 type list. Yeah. And I think one thing Frank gets into, which is really, really important, is he sort of says, hey, this year it's going to probably be very stagnant, not a lot of GDP growth. Yeah. So we're not looking for flash in the pan markets. We're looking for steady markets that are going to continue to have an upward tick when a lot of markets have pulled off. Yeah. So those are Frank's top markets. As we mentioned there, the Western investor, kind of like the Bible in commercial real estate here in the West. Definitely make sure if you want to read more about what Frank talked about there, you can visit, go to their website, or you can buy the paper copy when it comes out next month that you can actually go and probably read all those facts that Frank was providing. Uh, One thing we wanted to touch on really quickly before we go today was the short-term rental impact of the new BC laws. And Melissa, this is more your business than mine, Yeah. but what are your thoughts and how will that impact a market like Vancouver? You know, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that it's probably a good move by the provincial government. I think that it's going to impact different markets pretty differently. Vancouver specifically, I don't know that it's going to do too much for pricing affordability, like housing affordability, only because there already aren't a lot of buildings that allow short-term rentals in Vancouver. And so I don't know that it's going to add, you know, a whole flood of inventory to the market. I think those particular buildings could take a hit in terms of their pricing, But it has yet to be seen, of course. And, you know, probably Kelowna is going to be impacted a lot more, although it seems like they need to do some ironing out in terms of the buildings that are, you know, going to be maybe grandfathered in for the short-term rentals. And it sounds like municipalities will have some room to to sort of make the changes that they need to, to the regulations. So 
We'll see. But in terms of Vancouver, you know, I don't really know that it's going to do all that much. Yeah, no, I think I tend to agree with you in the Vancouver area as well. I think there's yeah. there's more things that are needed to create more rental stock. But I do agree with you markets like maybe Victoria yeah. or markets like Kelowna that have zonings that kind of permit this stuff. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how it impacts that. Because I know we had a gentleman in one of our offices that were looking at buying a condo in the capital region there. And uh, one of the things that a few of us brought up is, hey, you know, if rules ever change on Airbnbs, you've got to be very careful. And Mm -hmm. uh, for his sake, he didn't buy it. Thank goodness now. But it just goes to show you that, you mean, when you're making these investment decisions, I don't know that cross my fingers and hope is exactly my strategy. And in that case, this individual is hoping that the BC government would never change. They came out just months after we had that conversation with it. So it's uh, it's very lucky he didn't make the investment at that time. I think it will be interesting how... Municipalities do deal with it and how long term it may or may not affect markets like Kelowna that has quite a bit of that, which is a great, you know, great vacation spot. Yeah. And for a lot of these these condo buildings, you're relying on the strata too yeah. to not change that. Yeah, that that's bylaw, true. Good point. Right? Yeah, good point. So, you know, no matter what the, the government does, the strata could change that at any time, really, right? So, you know, maybe it's not not good to rely on that investment, right? Yeah, that's why you buy commercial, right? <laughs> all right, Melissa, and for all those who do maybe want to buy buy residential properties or potentially sell their Airbnb condos, there you go. how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, you can call me 778-869-4477 or email me at melissa at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. And for all your commercial real estate needs, feel free to reach out to us at williamwright.ca. You can reach us at our Vancouver office, 604-428-5255. Let us know what you're looking for. We'll put you in best touch with the best agent throughout the province. Or you can always send me an email, Corey at williamwright.ca. Always love hearing about the show. And we got a ton of exciting guests lined up here. So we're looking forward to the next one. But thanks so much for listening, guys. Subscribe today.